Red alert! Red alert! You're welcome on in. Kenswell Boxing, Ireland's only boxing podcast. I'm Al Rich, and you'll find all our episodes, new and old, www.endswellboxingpodcast.com. You can WhatsApp us, 083351-5250, and of course you'll find us on all the social media platforms. pleasure as always to be in your ears for this episode as we navigate and sail some pretty uncertain seas whether you're in Donegal or Darwin, Belfast or Bombay, Limerick or London. Stay safe, listen to your reliable sources and don't obsess. Joining you for this episode will be Dublin cutman, hand wrap expert and all-round boxing fanatic Tommy McCormack. Tommy talks to us about the silly rumours surrounding Tyson Fury's gloves in the Deontay Wilder fight you're going to be rapping hard we agree a twenty for rapping we are talking no later than an hour before the fight so you could have a lot of people around you you'll also have cameras which let's say you're bandaged for rapping on that has to be in a wrapper that has to be in a sealed wrapper you can't just arrive at open stuff and everyone's got to walk. I sat down to talk to Tommy for 20 minutes the other night and it turned into a 90 minute conversation brilliant brilliant insightful informative and fun we never stopped laughing the whole way through it I'll break the interview up into two different pieces. You're going to hear the first part of it now in a few minutes. And then in the middle, the people have been doing and how they've been doing it, how they're keeping busy, how they're keeping occupied, what I've been doing. And we will um, have a little bit of fun along the way. We'll get there. We will get there. Stay positive. Stay smiling. Stay laughing. My own personal form has been better the last week or so than it has been. What does that say about me? I don't know. I really don't know. But I'm, I'm absolutely obsessed with staying positive staying fun and just living because if ever there's a case of living every day like it's your last this is it this is it do it now is your chance all bets are off let's go and see what we can do and uh recent years i guess i suppose what's allowed and what's allowed me to adapt this attitude and this view in recent years i went down some Pretty dark rabbit holes, conspiracy-orientated. I listened and learned a lot from alternative media. I learned a lot about the shadow governments, a lot about the elite classes, and a lot about how different viewpoints on the world and how it might play out and how it pretty much will play out. And some of it's not too nice. Some of it's not too... um, It's not too pleasant. The views of some of the... What they call themselves the elite class in this world do not have any time or see any place for what they call feeders which would be you and I and, and anybody else that uh, is below them in the in their terms and in their viewpoints but that's content for another podcast it's a different time what this has allowed me to do though is remain calm I'm not one bit panicked not in the slightest I'm enabled I'm enlightened and I'm informed and I'm just enjoying what I'm doing I'm creating I'm working recording and booking interviews like there is no tomorrow so stand by have some fun do not waste your time on worrying concerning yourself about stuff that that you just don't need to Uh, choose your sources get your information and then carry on go to what you know works go to things that you did as a child things that maybe you've been meaning to do 
pick up that guitar or that instrument that you've been threatening to practice for a while but just haven't got around to. Maybe read that book that you've uh, been meaning to do and finish it maybe. In my case, I've been reading Eamon McGee's book. I've tried it three times I've started it and haven't got to finish it so I'm going to finish it this time from cover to cover. That is my deal this week. Listen to music. Dance like no one's watching. Who cares if they are? Dance. You want to see some of the awful dancing I've been doing this week but I'm doing it and I feel better for it. Loosen the reins in life a little bit. Chill out. Calm down. Stay calm. Don't resort to... People are allowing themselves to be what they're being all this time. And they're struggling with the time on their hands. And I know people's circumstances aren't good. I know people are finding themselves in really difficult. And I know people's are get, people are getting anxious. I know anxiety levels are climbing a little bit. But we got to work on that collectively. For me, it's been the Cora. The wide open space, keeping in mind, respecting distance. In a weird way, in a weird, very, very weird roundabout way, it is nice to see people outside. It's nice to see so many. I mean, I grew up on the edge of the Curra. I spent many, many days, hours walking in that place, soul searching, looking for ideas, looking for answers within me. With the wind blowing around my ears and the rain and the pelting down on top of me. The most extreme circumstances you're likely to find in County Kildare. And it is sad, it's very, very sad that it takes a crisis or emergency status for some people to wake up, just snap out of it and realise what is important. All the job, all the money in the world that you might have amassed from the jobs over the last few years and working all those hours, no good. All that overtime, all those promotions, no good. All those um, sleepless nights, all that time spent away from your family, spent away from your loved ones, no good irrelevant because if it comes and the, and the switch goes gone nothing okay so it's up to us now as a people as a race as a humanity to work together work together like we've never done before and in Irish people in particular reach out to one another I'm not saying physically I'm saying do what you gotta do send a text message to somebody that you might have been meaning to do for a while do it make the call reach out if you gotta do it cross the road say hello to somebody break down those barriers If you can't do it now, make a fist and run your forehead into it fairly hard. Slow down, relax, unwind, reach out to people, be nice to people for once. Take a chill pill. Laugh. We know, as a race, we know humanity in general. We know, most of us know, a lot of us found out, a lot of us are waking up to it now. Some maybe never will, sadly. So how have people been passing the last few days, in the last week or, or so? Have you been finding much? Have you been finding it hard to figure stuff out, to watch and to listen to? For myself, listen to a lot of different types of podcasts. Listen to the comedic side of things. Uh, the Irish ones at the moment that I like are Two Johnnies, Darren Garrahy. Great laugh, really, really light-hearted, light, just great fun. Um, the American side of things Miss Pat she does the pat down of course my go to one always is Uncle Joey on the Church of What's Happening Now sometimes Joe Rogan and all the time the fighter and the kid love those ones for for a laugh for the informative side of things I'm listening to one right now and you're going to hear a little bit about it in a few minutes it's, uh, it's not usually my cup of tea but this one piqued my interest a little bit is uh, 13 Minutes to the Moon and it's in a nutshell to sum it up it's about that 13 minutes where the Apollo 11 crew 
ascended from the shuttle down to the moon surface. For my true crime stuff that I love, I go right now. I'm looking at Murder Town UK. There's some. Uh, it's new. I haven't really picked one to listen to yet. I love listening to Sean Atwood. Really, really love that. And uh, Wildman and his diaries and stuff like that. Hilarious at times. But as well, there's some some pretty hard hitting content on there as well. Netflix right now. My taste varies week to week. I'm after going through right now. I'm halfway through the trial of Gabriel Fernandez. Absolutely brutal, brutal. I've watched F1. Not my sport, not something I'd be into, but yeah, I liked it. I like to see, fascinated me to see Lewis Hamilton and, and his obsession is, is incredible. It's worth a watch, even if you're not into it. The Crown, not something I would normally be into as well. As you can see, I'm trying to look at stuff and listen to stuff to, to kind of just keep you interested to stop you from getting that uh, dreaded B-O-R-E-D word. Not something I like to use at all. And Tiger King is a bizarre, bizarre episode right now that I'm in, I'm, I think I'm three into. I... I don't know how it's sum it up. It's people who love exotic pets, and they also have rivalries going on between them. You got to see this to believe it. And uh, <laughs> I've been scratching my head the last while. A little bit strange. A little bit strange. But as I said, the aforementioned thirteen minutes to the moon got me thinking. As I said, it's a podcast. It's about the critical thirteen minutes. It documents those critical thirteen minutes that Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin plummeted towards the moon's surface at 126,000 feet per second. Think about that. Just think about how fast that is. 120,000 feet per second. That's a second. One, two, three, four. That's three times 120. Crazy, crazy. Anyway, you get the picture. Uh, And how every critical decision that had to be made was done by the flight command team a quarter of a million miles below them at at, uh, the Kennedy Space Centre. It's... Space travel never interests me. Space and its entirety doesn't interest me. It's not something I've ever interested in. But this podcast, for some reason, just jumped out at me when I when I heard it advertised, and I said, "Look, we'll give it a go." Uh, very well put together pod. It looks at every key phase. It gives you then the retrospective insight into how each, when an alarm went off, or when a critical event, or something happened in one of those minutes where they had to really. And it goes back and looks at how all the test runs and everything else where they were able. To, it, it's it's very good. It's very good. It got me thinking. I have to say, got me thinking, and that's that. That can be dangerous sometimes. But, and then it got me triggered a little bit into putting it into perspective as to where we're at right now. And bear with me with this. I won't go too long, and I won't go too deep in the mud. As the world at large, we're on a, we're in lockdown. Let's let's be fair. And if you, if you're doing things right and you're being, you're being just and being fair, being proper, we're in lockdown. And most people haven't witnessed this. Anybody that hasn't lived through the war, there's not too many that have. I think now. The human race, looking back at things, we've overcome, we've evolved, we've learned from all the global events throughout history, whether it was the cholera outbreaks, the typhoid, the Spanish flu of the early century, AIDS epidemic, human race has adapted and it's overcame. In both world wars, we managed to beat the might of the Nazi war machine, bore down on Europe at one point as countries were falling to their brutality all every day. Europe was just getting washed in a sea of red and black swastika we adopted we adapted and we overcame different strategies as we needed to do sometimes fortuitous sometimes on the spot sometimes sometimes you could say they were lucky as uh, Tom Madden said to me shout out to Tom nuts yesterday in message sometimes you can look at them as being a fortunate general and sometimes that was the case but it stopped them from overtaking Russia it stopped them from overtaking London and it stopped ultimately them controlling the whole of Europe at least in a military state what they're doing at the moment is, is pretty much controlling your part. But look, that's another, as I said, another podcast. From that dark, death-filled and hopeless era, 
the Americans cherry-picked the very best of the Nazi scientists. And this was a secret for years and years and years. It was a, tagged as conspiracy theorists, as was a lot of what's going on today. People that followed the alternative news sources knew that there was something coming, didn't know what, and still don't, but knew something was coming. And um, the space race eventually landed a man on the moon with those same death angels who were trying to plot and ultimately wipe out London, the UK, and all the armies that opposed them. And I'm talking about Werner von Braun and all the top Nazi scientists and the engineers. They were the ones that were brought to the to England. This is fact. You can check it if you like. Don't believe it. if you don't like. That's up to yourself. It is fact. It's been a freedom of information has been released, and it's now a state of documented facts. In that same vein, the Jewish people conquered and took lands that they never had before. Make of it what you will, what's been done in Palestine and Israel. But if this period of humanity, life and and its existence is to be likened to that 13 minutes, then let's do what John Aaron did, Gene Krantz, Glyn Lunny in the trench at Kennedy Space Centre. Let's use all we know, not speculation, not bro science, not barfly bullshit, Trust what we know works. What we know to be true. Adapt and move through these times as we as we go. Because they are uncertain times. They are uncharted waters. Nobody knows. We're not being told. I'd be the first one to criticise. I'd be the first one to question every government decision made in this country. Always. And, and let me let me tell you, I'll get to the, to the prima donna speech eventually. But because we know when we pull together, when we know, when we stop competing and obsessing with everybody else and unite and help everybody, help each other, then the human race in particular, the Irish especially, are close to impossible to beat. Nothing is impossible, nothing is perfect. But each day, get up out of bed like it's your last day, you're going to do everything that you can and all the things that you said you'd do. Smile, laugh, love, have the crack. Stop obsessing about what's going on down the road. Stop obsessing about what's going on next door. Stop obsessing what's going on in the next country. Look at what's in front of you. If it's your kids, look at them. If it's your lover, look at them. Laugh, but live. No matter what else you do, every day, for the, until we get through this critical phase, live, laugh, love. Each your own, for every man Face everybody in rule Everything in rumble Ian Brown the lead singer from the Stone Roses oh, he, he does a song he does that fair and, and it just you know he, it, it, it always reminds me of you know, of, of people in general. But when, yeah, when you look at for it, as a guy, I'm telling you what, I'm lucky enough to work with probably some of the cream of yeah. the Irish warriors coming through at the minute. I'm lucky enough, Andy Lee has given me that corner a couple of times. Big shout out to Andy Lee. Uh, I mean, it's amazing to walk in Andy Lee. Uh, you know, to walk in a corner with Andy Lee as a coach. What a man. I mean, just come. Just surrounded by all these other states, and it's amazing. I, I like I, up north, you've Rory Dalton, you've Callum Bradley, you've Sean McComb, you've James Tennyson. And I'm lucky to have all these mm-hmm. corners. Um, and you've young Pierce O'Leary. You now, I don't walk with Pierce, a friend, good friend of mine, Noel Boone, both of him. But like, you've, you've got such great talent coming through. And who knows what the next few years hold um, for us? Um, you know, it's, it's like I said, I, I do 
believe we, we have a golden area of boxing. Yes, I, I lived to go to Limerick to watch Andy make his path. I, I lived. I watched. I remember sitting in the crowd watching Paulie Highland and Willie Willie Casey bash seven bells, and then to have both of them on the podcast at different times. I relived those moments yeah. listening to Willie Case. I do believe you're 100% right. I think not only have we got lads now at the top that are about to push the door open and win titles, I believe the talent that's at the lower levels, like you said, Pierce, Big Bang, O'Leary, shout out to him. What a fella. What a, what a tremendous oh, fella. Oh, the, 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 the list goes on. I remember just on pace when you know, I tell everybody this story. And I remember I was, was, a bit, was coaching with Paddy Hoyland saying a lot of that. What a man. And it was a lot it was a long, long time ago, and I remember, um, you know, like a carded boxer, and I remember watching him, but I like, and I remember, I said at the party, when Paddy came home, I said, I've seen this kid, I said, and I, he, made, he made me stop, I dropped, I watched the scale, I watched how comfortable he was, as an 11-year-old fighting in the pocket, and, like, you know, you teach kids the basics, so they're punching straight, they're moving, but the punches are straight. Chris O'Leary stayed in this kid's pocket and was head was moving, dipping, rolling, had all of the the attributes of a seasoned fighter at eleven years of age. And I remember watching it going, What a kid, what a job his team, his coaches have done, the club, Dublin Darkland had done an amazing job of him. And I, and I spoke to Paddy when he came home and said, so, and I just called out this kid, and Paddy said, hey, so, you'll always be good kids like that. And he, I'm not even fob it off, but he just thought, I don't think he realised what was coming. So it was February or March, the Dublin Championships, and we're all now there again. And Pierce O'Leary's boxing, and Paddy Hyland, I don't know, that's a special kid. Eddie Hyland there, what Eddie is doing with an inexperience, and, and fellas like and Graham McCormack, Siobhan, who would have been late to the game, to, to go to yes. work with Eddie so f- f- at the beginning of their career they're, they're getting a jump start on fellas and this is no disrespect to other coaches but the stuff that Eddie he's 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 wise beyond his years and, and I do, I said that to him he's the only one yeah. there's no pressure shout out to Ed there's no pressure on you Ed you're the yeah. only one of the three lads that hasn't been on to me yet so uh, we get him eventually yeah, I'm not glad to probably be closest to Eddie uh, oh, and Eddie's one of the Eddie, Eddie's, Eddie's hard to get to talk but when he got dark he didn't talk but yeah um, we didn't the be stuff we didn't be hard to drag stuff out when he was fighting and the other so, lad's the opposite that, the other two are the total opposite you just have to wind Padjo and send him in the right direction and <laughs> just, just say Liverpool to him and, he, and then you have him going <laughs> yeah so I, I, actually not unfairly, I never even, I, I never the last that I would be closing from box. I'm not giving the show out. Uh, yeah, look what I've done with uh, and I mean, it's all right, the professor game is taking a bit of a drop off in this country. It is what it is. Uh, I, I'd be afraid to mention names because there's so many players yeah. that I know and I, I, if, I, if I haven't mentioned it, it's not because I think last No, year, you're, I know, but Tommy, every time... Every time I do an interview, Tommy, I say oh, that was one of the best. That was one of my favorite. That one was one, and it's every week. It's like, and I, and someone has said to me, "You can't be every week." And say, "It's a dream come true for me." But it's you get to the point, as you said, and Tommy, you're a hundred percent right. Is it gets beyond that, and it's not like that you're not appreciating it anymore. It's that okay, I'm here now. I'm gonna have to do this the best I can because it's real. And if I don't start getting past this fan stage, well, then someone else will come yeah. along and do it. Is that fair to say? I'm all about new people coming into the game and on a game and it's great for sport. Uh, you have a lot of people out there teaching um, how to become a cut man. Um, now, what I will say is people do these courses and get this idea in their head you're a cut man. It's like you're not, you're not a cut man. You've got to learn. Job, yeah. It's a long, it's a long job. I mean, I remember 
I remember doing an MMA show in the early days, and you know, when you're talking a scratch on the nose, and it, it it wasn't in any way an issue for the fight, but it looked bad, and I struggled with it. I struggled with it. But that's learning curve, learning curve. You got to learn about this stuff for years. Um, you know, whether it's you know whether it's chemical, whether it's natural base, you've got to learn. It's documented. You can go and look at this fight and that fight and see how well they done. You know. Uh, and I, you know, as much as I've had a lot of exposure, a lot, and I've been very lucky, but I'm still, I'm still at the infancy stage of this game. You know, like I'm still. But something you said there about the raps and that you devised the basic style that you built off for Philip, and that listen, yes. all the talk we're doing about, we have to give the man a shout out, living it up down there on down under, and a great fella as well. Yes, one of the nicest uh, fellas. I, uh, I, I, Gave many people many, many, many entertaining nights over the years, and I'm I'm looking forward to catching up with him here on here when he does when whenever he decides to to, to talk. Tell you, you build up these tremendous friendships with these people, um, and Philip is someone that I regularly talk to. Keep in touch with Sean Cray, everyone that I work with, the two Tyrone's. I, I work with so many that I talk to regularly. I just you have that Bowsy down friends. in Limerick with you now that you might keep a close eye on the G train because he, he has big plans. He's, he, he's in a hurry at the moment. He says to tell you he was asking for you as well, of course. It's, 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 so, working with Willie Casey now, yeah. Um, and then Willie having for a party for the so it's like I'm, I'm actually going to share the share the corner. Amazing, with isn't Willie it? But my point originally was from the base that you said your your hand wraps off. It sounds like a simple question, yes. but it's a question that a lot of fans might want to know and don't know, and something genuinely honest, I don't know. Yeah. If Have you got a different style of rap for a different style of fighter? Like, if a fella's a banger, does he need a certain type of rap? If a fella's more technical, more stylish, is there a different rap? Or is it all down to just a personal preference for each fighter? The, 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 everything you got to look at, right? So we start off with a fighter's hand structure, right? So they've got good bound structure. So you got to look at, right, the hands, if there's any underlying problems. And you got to look at most hands live off teeth. Fighters are great at the start of the night, right? But if they're in a 10, 12 ounce, teeth sets in, you throw a punch, you're tired, bound structure after that previous history, that's the second thing, and then the gloves they're going to wear. Good, decent size wrap, and, and a nice knuckle pad that's going to protect the fighter. You know, fighters will have this thing, you know, I like to be able to feel the knuckles, I like to be able to do this, I like to be able to do that. And that's fine, you've got to cater to what they feel is right for them. Every fighter is different. If a fighter is nervous, all the fighters that I look after, when they're nervous, they'll be like, oh, oh maybe that's tight, maybe it's And it's, it's not. You know, I'll always make the right um, judgments or make the right decisions if you have to after, you know, like coach and stuff like that, to, that they're comfortable. But, because of nerves, fighters will always go to, yeah. you know, add other things, you know. And it's just a nervous thing. Once they get punched in that grass, so it comes down to a perfect, a perfect storm then for each fighter, whatever it is, and a little bit of preference. There's an awful lot of BS going around the place right now about a man who delivered a performance a few weeks ago, yet again, to defy. Uh-huh. He defied all logic against Klitschko. He defied all logic against Wilder the first time. And he absolutely defied logic again the second time by doing what everyone said he couldn't do. And now, yet again, they're trying to take the shine off of Tommy. You're, you've been in, in those places before, the biggest of the biggest fight ever in history. Tell yeah. people that haven't been around it how hand wrap works, how the officials work, how it's impossible for what these oh. conspiracy theorists are saying. Okay, so the, the first fight took place in Los Angeles. This is the fight that everyone's going on about, that the hand wasn't fully in the globe and all of this. And So when you take part in a big event, a world let's let's not forget it's the heavyweights, right? So it's the world and it's the WBC. So this is like the top of the top for boxing, you know, you don't get any higher. 
you know, I know I understand the welterweights and all that are very glamorous at the yeah. minute. But you're talking oh, heavyweight boxing. Everyone likes to see the big men fight because yeah. you know there's going to be a knockout. You know there's going to there's always danger because right? those guys are huge. You have Deontay Wilder, one of the most powerful fighters we've ever seen. Ever seen this guy can hurt people at will, and we've seen every time he lands correctly on people, yeah. they go asleep. We now have this uh, glove theory. Um, people getting stressed about gloves and all that. Right. So the second fight took place in Nevada. The second fight is where Tyson Fury put in his better performance mm. and, and completely uh, just outmanned, out-hustled, out-fought, out-skilled, just outshone Deontay Wilder in every category right? and stopped him. Right? Made him quit. Like, you can say yeah, uh, Mark Bielan was brilliant. Mark Bielan was brilliant. Right? He should have told him, uh, that, that, that guy, Jay, I, I can't even think yes. of the other guy, for him to come out and say the towel shouldn't have been thrown was absolute stupidity. And as far as where we don't need anyone dying, anyone injured, at the time, Deontay looked dishevelled. He looked like he had no answers. He looked completely bamboozled by Fury. He was bleeding from the ear, which they weren't sure of where it was from. No, it's been since revealed that it wasn't a, a, a a perforated eardrum that it was actually a small cut on the ear. So, you know, you see a fighter bleeding from his ear. But I'm not, I'm not comfortable because yeah. like, I, 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 I'm not a brain surgeon. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what's happening. Here. I don't know if there's a fractured skull. I don't it wasn't, know what's it happening. Wasn't, it wasn't just blood on the ear. Just for people that didn't see it yet, it was actually spurting from his ear at one point. So there was a lot of conclusions being drawn. A lot of experts on the spot. Yeah, look, what's what's happened is, and I look, I'm putting it down to the politics of boxing, right? Yeah. So. We had the domination of the Klitschkos. The two of them held the heavyweight titles, right? So they were white, non-American guys holding the heavyweight titles. You know what? They did the most prestigious uh, belts, the heavyweight titles, right? We then have Anthony Joshua who's holding all of, he has 90% of the heavyweight titles, right? Uh, a guy from England, right? The last bastion of American boxing, the heavyweight, he's hanging on to that WBC belt. And let's let's be honest, right? In his first fight with Ortiz, he was protected. Mm-hmm. He was out, he was gone. He was out for the count in the end of round seven. Uh, when they at the the start of round eight, they came out to fight. Referee called time, got a doctor to look at him. He had no visible injuries. He had no cuts, so he was given another minute to to get himself on top. And he beat Lewis Ortiz down. Right? He landed one of his bombs and put him away. Because Ortiz, let's face it, Ortiz, oh, nobody knows who all he is. He's probably a hunter. You know, he's been around that long. Uh, so he beat an old man. But he was protected. The second time he beat him, he beat him well. You know, like, with the, you know, he knocked him out. There was no, he was being beaten again. He was being outboxed by an old man. But he, he, he landed the shot and put him away. And that's what Deontay did. You, Deontay only needs to be perfect for one second of the fight. Well, you need to be perfect for six minutes. It's just avoid the fight with Deontay. He, to, to me, you know, so here's the thing, you know, there was two knockdowns in the fight, uh, so you got to give Deontay them, them rounds. Other than that, I thought it was a clinical display from Fury. And even, let's, let's, let's go mad, let's say we gave uh, Wilder another round. Right? That was it. That's all it's given. So with the two knockdowns, like that, so that's four rounds he gets for that. Right? Fury wins every other round, say yeah, bar one. Yeah, Fury, Fury, should, Fury should have won a handy. He should have won a handy. He should have been given to him. Um, 
and there was a rematch clause then anyway mm. so it should have been given it to him the first time he still had an amazing style for the second time you know this is a man who's overcome a lot of adversity um, and now they're, they're, they're clutching at straws you were in the dressing room the night Connor boxed to Floyd Mayweather the biggest pay-per-view event in history um, yeah. you, you've worked with Connor. you've worked with you were part of that camp we can get to that point but the procedure for that night and the procedure for any yeah. fight of that standard Tell us about it and how yeah. it's impossible for what they're saying happens. Okay, so uh, you have your rules meeting. Um, you're going to have the commission. Right? So each state in America has its own commission. Uh, the commission is made up of a lot of guards, a lot of, you know, sorry, not guards, police, ex-police. And they're all, you know, they're all uh, enforcers of rules. Like they all come from you know, the clerical background, police background. So they're all very, very rules-based, right? Uh, so on, on the main question, you're going to be wrapping hands. We agree a time for wrapping hands. It's normally an hour and a half, two hours before the fight, depending on the fight. You know, some fighters don't like to be wrapped up too long. We are talking no later than an hour before the fight. You're going to wrap up. You will have maybe one or two things. You will have a one maybe two, and you'll also maybe have somebody from around the open sitting with you for you. So you could have a lot of people around you. You'll also have cameras when you're up at that level. You will also have cameras. You know, for you to like, let's look at the the Margarito. Margarito tried to got caught against Shane Mosley. Has since then, you know, he's probably destroyed his career from that. There has been cases of people cheating since all of this has come to light. They have really stamped down. Like you're talking, so you arrive with, let's say, your bandage for it, wrapping on. That has to be in a wrapper. It has to be in a sealed wrapper. You can't just arrive with open stuff. You know, um, it has to be, everything has to be sealed. They have to agree, you know, there's certain widths and lengths have to be used. All of this is, is it's very, you know, it's it's very straight now. You know, there's no, there's no dodging anything here. It's very, you know, this is what you use. This is how you use it. And everyone's got to watch There's very little chance of you cheating. There's a commissioner as part of their team, isn't there? There's, yes, you you have a commission. You could have two. The raps are signed. Um, so they they put like the you know if you have like the Nevada State Athletic Commission, and then they do lines all along the raps to show that. So if you've touched the raps, and don't forget with especially with WBC, if you fight for WBC title, they actually take the wraps off it afterwards. So they can be sent to the analyst and all that. And if there's any discrepancies, you know, that's it, you're done. And just to be clear as well, there's it's yeah. not a case of using as much wraps as you like. You're allowed to use a certain... What's the meterage on, a, on in WBC? So basically, you're allowed one roll. Now, it's, it's like you're talking... The old was 11 yards, then there's like 15, 4 I use Emperor Pro Tape, um, they've sponsored me. Uh, so they do like a 10 meter bandage, and they also do a 15 meter bandage. So for the heavyweights, they've been using the 15 meter bandage, you know. Yeah. Um, and you're allowed, you know, a little roll of tape. Uh, and they're very, you know, they're, very, they're not happy. You're not, like, if they're not happy with stuff, you get pulled on it. The, the wraps are signed, and then they'll do the number of their warm up and everything else. The commissioner stays on site. The, the, the opposing yeah. team to leave the dressing room whatever else the lads go through their warm up until they get gloved yeah. up so the gloves go on then what happens yeah. then once so the gloves she, go on so, so you could put on you could put on a pair of gloves to hit pads uh, normally you're giving your gloves uh, especially at that level so you've already pre picked out gloves which the commission hold on to and they give you on the night of the fight they'll hand you your gloves you pick your gloves at the glove meeting and you don't see those yeah. gloves again then until night fight night no your, your, your name is put on to the brand new wind packs 
in bags and then you get them handed to you by the commission on the night of the fight just before the fight. You know, you're not giving days of fight and you're giving them a while with them. They're given to you literally just before you're going to glove up. Um, so they're getting to see your, your wrapped hands going into them gloves and then take the gloves off and they're signed and stamped by the commission again. So once the gloves are on, they're on. You know, they're on. They're not coming off till the end of the night. The excuse they used with um, Fury is that they're saying that his hand wasn't put fully into the glove. So if you watch the first fight, they're saying about the glove flicking, right? So Tyson Fury, uh, we've never seen him fight the way he fought in the, in the, in the second fight. He's normally, uh, he moves a lot and he's flicking his hands and he's moving. So he's not, there's no power in his punches. His punches are about, you know, just blinding you and he's hitting you and he's moving. So he's hitting you, he's not, but he's not putting any power into them. So it looks, so he's, he's, a lot of the stuff is open hand. He's flicking the gloves and it's like, it, he's literally just scarred, scarred, pop, pop, mm-hmm. pop. And that's, that's how he fought the first fight. So their problem was saying that he was hitting Deontay with this, you know, his hand was now all, all, all in the glove. So he was using the inside of his hand to hit with it. I'm telling you, as someone who's worked in the game and as someone who's been, you know, I'm actually going to challenge any of the listeners um, to make a fist and hit with not your knuckles, the lower end of your, so you're talking like the, the first knuckle on your finger and hit something with that. You're not going to do that for long. No. Trust me, you're not going to do that. Against, that's, a, man, that's, against that's, a grown so, man's skull. No, you're not going to do that for long. So they're, they're winged and saying, you know, look, and it's sad because they're taken away from Deontay. Deontay, like, oh yeah, look, so I, I, I found a lot of this. I found that, you know, it's quite sickening. But that's fans. Fans are fanatical. The fans will look to make the excuses for that, you know. I'm a Mike Tyson fan. I grew up, I loved Mike Tyson, I loved Prince Nassim. They were, you know, they were the guys that, you know, really made me, you know, yeah. loved the, the sport of boxing. I, I could make a million excuses for Mike Tyson tonight, he lost the book. Make a million excuses from the long count. The fact of the matter was, Buster Douglas beat him that night. Doesn't matter about what the rest of them yeah. Mike Tyson wasn't himself that night. And that's down to him. That's not down to Buster Douglas, not down to the ref. He, 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 he got beat that night. So, Tommy more or less clears up for anybody that is a, a like mind. So for anybody that can think clearly and think and see through the uh, excuses, the fourth round or fifth round at this stage, and the, I suppose, the narrative that is being spun by the typical British media, red tops I wouldn't even call them journalists at this point it's it's just they've got nothing to do and they're now digging up stories from four or five years ago look Tyson Fury's woes and mistakes have been well documented but this one is really clutching as is many more you're going to hear soon that's the first part of the interview with Tommy I'm going to get to the second one in a sort of part two part two and we'll have it for you more than likely later we'll definitely have it for you later on in the week so until then Stay safe. That's it from me and them until then. You'll find this and every other episode at www.endswellboxingpodcast.com And as always, love to get your messages. 083-351-5250 This is Jerry Cooney on Endswell Boxing. I want you for six rounds. You and me, baby, six rounds.